Welcome to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast news show with award-winning Nyasha <laughs> and myself. So it's our actually our sixth or I think it's actually our seventh news show. And here are some of the top stories as well as our own news. If you'd like to share your stories of impact, please get in touch at impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. So no further ado, let's kick off with Flooding in Somalia, Nyasha. Yes, you know, it's so typical when we're talking about COP23, about the climate change. So this, will, you know, it's going to be uh, really ongoing. People, are, you know, around the world are going to get this sort of really unknown flooding, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And so far it's already killed 100 people. Absolutely, uh, uh, yeah, over a hundred people now, um, with rising waters caused by torrential downpours, um, and affected more than two point four million in the East African nation. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's absolutely crazy. Um, and so you know, there's a lot of aid coordination going on with the uh, Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs. That's a bit of a mouthful, I know, but. Yes. Um, so they they are on the case, but you know the suspected cases of cholera um, have mm. always been reported. Mm, uh, surprise. No, I, I'm not surprised either. Mm. Um, but you're right to draw a parallel with the fact that COP28 is on at the moment. Yes. Um, I mean, we really are, you know, struggling with our climate and. You know, I just my heart goes out to to Somalia. Um, Good, a lot of people have been uh, affected, haven't they? Eight hundred twenty people in need. Eight hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's um seems like that they're trying to get it all under control. They've actually deployed thirty seven boats to deliver supplies. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, you know, they they're they're actually trying to find funds as well to to get two point six billion dollars, mm. seven point six million of Somalia's most vulnerable people. Wow, I know. So um, not not good. Yeah. So I mean, leading yeah. on to that, we've um. Well, the, the, the same, is this the same thing going on in Sudan? No, no, that's to do with cholera is, is mm-hmm. happening in the, yeah, the there's an outbreak of cholera in Sudan. Okay. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so a UN spokesman actually said on Monday, briefing journalists in New York, Stephanie, um, no, Stefan Durak. Yeah. His effort included detection and treatment of cases and addressing water sanitation and hygiene issues, you know, so. It's just, you know, what Sudan needs or does it need to in the war-torn country to have this outbreak? It just is, a, um, it's most unfortunate really because there's no systems in place and, oh dear, it just. Well, um, it's, it's almost like a knock-on effect, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> You know, yes. because it's to do with their water sanitation and hygiene yeah, yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. they've um, been, been a huge conflict there for years. Yeah, so mm-hmm. while they're sort of blowing the place up, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. I know it. It's not. Um, it's not a good situation. It's really not. Again, you know, obviously, um, it, it's under the the um office for the coordination of humanitarian affairs. Um, with yeah, the be very, very busy, goodness. Wow, me. I mean, the thing is that they are, and you know, I mean, obviously, you know, here in in European waters, so to speak, we're you know, uh, overtly aware of um the war in Ukraine and also um the war in Israel, well, in the Gaza Strip. Mm. So, um, but we don't really sort of get too much news do we sort of on this yes it's in the background but it's it's been the sudan war has been going on for quite a long time yeah and uh, the same in in uh uh, somali there's been completely 
uh, anarchy almost the, with law laws, war laws, sort of ruling the the country. Mm. I'm I'm not sure what kind of government is even in place in Somali, but again, it does it hardly gets reported. No, I think it's mm. it's very sort of dealt with within the country, isn't it? Yes. You know, it's yeah. not something that they sort of tend to go on about really. So, um, which is strange. It, I, you know, it, it, you know, some some people use it as a you know a propaganda machine, and other people don't. I don't. Mm. Um, mm. I I suppose it depends what the regime is out there, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Mm. Um, I mean, you'd know more about it than I have. Have you ever been to Somalia? No, I've never been to Somalia, and I've never been to Sudan either. No, but I, I know a lot of people who've lived in um in Sudan, and I would like to go one day. Oh. Um, uh, but I don't know, um, when. <laughs> it's on yeah. my list. The same with Rwanda. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yes. doesn't surprise I'm, me somehow. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, definitely. So, um, anyway, at the same time we've had, you know, key measures, um, could slash predicted two thousand and fifty emissions from the cooling sector. Um, well, it was with the announcement today at COP twenty eight about cooling yeah. sector greenhouse gas emissions predicted to more than double by twenty fifty. Oh my god! Um, so then. Oh, yeah. Cutting predicted emissions by 60 to 96%. Well, they're saying this in theory, but are they actually? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the global cooling watch report, keeping it chill. So they're going to be meeting cooling demands while cutting emissions uh, by the UN Environment Programme. Um, so they will be laying out three sustainable measures, apparently, so, mm. which is passive cooling, whatever that is, higher mm. energy efficiency standards, and a faster phase down of climate warming refrigerants. Wow! So, I mean, what what are they saying that how, how is the government supposed to create this cooling, whatever system to make the whole global environment cooler? What I mean, what can individuals do? Use less energy? Yeah, I mean, you know, so, I mean, I, there are certain products or certain um, refrigeration units by the sounds of things that shouldn't be used. Mm. Oh. I mean, but I don't know. The two... The two yeah. they just give up gases which are really really bad. Yeah, yeah, they do definitely. Um, I know, um, a company which um, oh, I can't remember the name of which company it was now, but this was a few years ago when I was still in TV news. Um, they came up with refrigeration blades. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of kind of fanning the air, so to speak. And keeping it circulating um with you know like what what you would deem as like wiper blades on a oh, right. okay yeah so mm -hmm. i mean there are systems in place there are different um things that they have already tried so i suppose it's really sort of cutting down on a lot of different products wouldn't you say yeah but um wow. yeah. yeah interesting stuff i think interesting stuff yeah. uh, it seems as if the conference is still going with um interesting um agendas yes it is as i said yeah. earlier i i've been getting a lot of um news um you know because they keep letting out um for releasing rather well, press releases about you know the latest updates the only thing that kind of does sort of strike me and, you know, is that there's a lot of talking that goes on at these events and it's the following through, isn't it? But it does seem that, as I said, this was the top story of the day today. So it does seem that they probably will be, you know, making every effort to ensure every country is is taking part in, you know, 
um, cutting the, the 2050 emissions with, from the cooling sector, I would say. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's that, that amazing project, isn't there, that I sent you the other day. Um, in yeah, the solar in Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading it the other day. It's just incredible. They're yeah. creating this uh, uh, solar-powered um, refrigerator so that people can transport things. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's very, very good. It is. So, yeah. I mean, we, we need a lot more of that, Nayasha, don't we, really? <laughs> a lot more like that, yes. <laughs> a lot more a lot where that more. came from. <laughs> yes, we definitely need it. We definitely need it. Anyway. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm really happy to hear about Joan's breakthrough. This seems like a, a breakthrough case. It is with, a breakthrough case. Wow, never happened. You must be. Um, John Richardson. Um, I, I interviewed him about um what was it about two months ago? Yes, I think it's back in September, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I, I'd never heard of this issue. I'd heard of it, but I hadn't. I've never had any lawyer dealing with it. You know what I mean? I know quite a few friends of mine who are American who've been in the UK for more than they were affected by this tax that uh, America will tax you no matter where you are. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Born in, uh, so long you, I think they've lived in the UK for more than fifty years. Absolutely. I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is actually groundbreaking news as well. So one of our very own impactful billionaires, John Richard, is in the US Supreme Court. And it's the most important case. And it, it it's uh, more is uh, the most important case the US Supreme Court has ever heard. The court mm. stands between the possibility of freedom and a society ruled completely by the Eternal Revenue Code. And of course, John and his partner, um, I think it's Karen, from what I can remember, they're yeah. um, Sayat, so um, that's their, their sort of group that you know deals with fighting against this really unjust taxation, even if it is the American government, may we say. Yes. Um, yeah absolutely so yeah. you know which is um it, it's expatriation um account tax you know so in other words if you live anywhere else in the globe and you were born in america then you'll get taxed if mm. you've you know emigrated to australia for example yeah. yes and it doesn't seem to be uh, you know, sort of the you know, it seems really quite illogical. It's just a blanket <laughs> taxation and not looking at each case as it stands or whatever. It just sounds <laughs> really, no. yeah. You're absolutely right. It is a blanket. Um, mm. so it it's apparently this is called an amicus brief. For, forgive yeah. me if anyone else is listening. Um, and that they're in um, partnership with Americans resident overseas, um, mm. SEAT. And the case actually concerns, which is quite interesting, Charles and Kathleen Moore, who live in Washington state. And in 2006, they invested in 13% of an Indian corporation, Kiss and Craft, created to import, manufacture and distribute affordable farming equipment in India. The Moors never realised earnings from the investment. In 2017, the Moors discovered they owed nearly $15,000 in US income tax based on the unrealised earnings of Kiss and Craft going back to 2006. Oh, wow. It's not even realised. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's not even, you know... It, it's ridiculous isn't it it's yeah. just you know finding finding money just finding money yes well, you know so they've never received that money yes they've never received it that's just it funds the money <laughs> someone just just unbelievable 
It is. Uh, good for them for taking the the um uh, the them to court. Well, yeah, and it's not just any old court here either. Yeah, the American Supreme Court, yeah, and it was just incredible. Yeah. So John, uh, um, John has helped them do this. Yes, yeah, yeah, he has. Um, yeah, he I mean he's been fighting this for some time now, hasn't he? So um and he continues to do so. But uh but yeah, what what an absolutely ridiculous situation. So we'll we'll get to hear the outcome of that. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll I'm just because sometimes some of these appeals, the you know, you, you actually fail that they won't want to hear it. So we never hear about it. No, I know. But this is actually gonna go and the decision is gonna be made in December before the year uh is out. And I think that it's gonna be if they went win it, I think a lot of people are gonna want to test this out and say no, this happened to us as well. Because there's yeah. so many cases that what John was telling me that there's quite a lot of cases on this on this matter. Oh lots gosh, yeah, there, there's absolutely loads loads. of people. Loads of yeah, people. There, there is absolutely loads. Yeah. Isn't America is <laughs> gonna go bankrupt, reimbursing people, tax it. Well, right. I mean, I don't don't know if uh, <laughs> you realise, but actually, our very own prime minister, who was our prime minister, Boris Johnson, was um, held accountable for for FATCA, Foreign Account Taxation Compliance Act, because he's got dual nationality and he was born in New York. What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, so there we are. From prime ministers to ordinary people. Oh <laughs> yes, it it, it does. So there's uh there's a you know there's no discrimination with yeah. um <laughs> with this one. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Where you were born. I know. Does he have an American mother? Who? Oh no, no, Boris. Oh yes, um, yeah, I think she was, wasn't she? She. Yes, I think his mother is American. Mm. I she, did well, know she that. died, didn't she, during COVID? Oh really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she did. So, um, yeah, not not the best time for for oh, anybody um, to die. Poor Boris. Every child deserves a loving family, and that is why I founded Banya Fostering, an independent provider, in 1996. In the past 24 years, we have grown to become one of the largest agencies in the UK. We thrive to support carers and empower children, providing opportunities for brighter futures. Have you ever thought about supporting a child that needs it most? So far, we've helped more than 7,000 children in our care. We'll uh, wait to find out how the joint amicus brief has gone. So, um, <clears throat> because they're seven hours behind us as well. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So a, a judgment might happen today. Well, I I'm not so sure, but okay. yeah. But we'll um we'll keep you posted on that one. Hopefully next week we might be able to give give some more news on that. But yeah. Yes. So yes. um you you heard it here first on um impactful yeah. billionaires. <laughs> you did. Yes. Um, right. Meanwhile, Ken Dan, our another impactful billionaire has uh, been presenting his eco-cookbook bags to UNICEF. Wow. Yeah. Which is, my goodness, he's gone up to the top. Uh, they're the people to to present this thing. Amazing, amazing. Um, you know, something quite simple, but has a huge impact on people's lives. Yeah. And this uh, eco-cook bag of, yes. Masterclass, you know, oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. I mean, he he's a brilliant man who, yes. you know, has really found something that is not just saving the women, you know, behind the cooking. It's also saving the environment as well. I know. We should have Ken at COP28, shouldn't we? Yes, he should have gone to COP28. <laughs> yeah, Isn't no, he, he did talk about it, didn't he, I think. Oh, about going! Oh, lovely. Yeah, certainly. I spoke to him, and um, obviously, he um wanted to let us know that he's very proud to have with them Lesotho celebrity and published chef Scar Mutien when he was out there, or I think he's okay. still out there on his way back. 
So, um, and they are a force for nature, apparently. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> and um, the core was it the core that you because you you went out there and gave well, you went to I gave two baths one in uh, Dar es Salaam, yeah, for a, a, a project which is working with um women and another one in Zanzibar, and I gave it to a school. They make uh, school lunches. They spend hours uh, fetching firewood and uh, and um, it's going very well. And the first time it was uh, the, my water project people, they didn't um, follow the instructions, so they didn't cook their beans. <laughs> so <laughs> now it's, uh, it's working now. And um, it's just a very simple bag, which uh, instead of burning uh, or cooking for hours on end, your beans or whatever it is, you, you just boil it for 30 minutes, you cover it up with the bag, and you can just leave it in there the whole day. Yeah, By the it... time you eat the, your beans or whatever it is, your stew you're making, it's like a slow cook. Yeah, slow cooker. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, it's yeah. made out of hemp, um, um, whatever, you know, the hemp sticks. Yeah. They're, they're mashed up into sort to make a lot of like a stuffing of it. And the uh -huh. hemp uh, keeps a, a temperature. Yeah. And the other thing as well, you can put something cold uh, or frozen and it can remain frozen. It's only only about cooking. And I didn't know that. So it's like it's, a thermal, almost like a thermal. Yes. The hemp yeah. cooking creates oh. a thermal uh, effect. And uh, it's just such an in interesting, uh, uh, simple thing. And uh, Kayla has got some fantastic, fantastic statistics, like 2.5 billion people uh, around the world, Africa and Asia in particular, um, cook on an open fire. Yeah. And, yeah, um, and the, the amount of time it takes women in particular, it's always women, fetching the firewood um, and what it, how having this cookbook can really transform people's time because they have, they don't have to fetch as much firewood. They don't have to spend the whole day boiling this stuff, creating mm -hmm. smoke. And um, so they can go and do other activities between, um, to produce income like they're yeah. gardening or selling something because they're not spending half of the time cooking. It's just, you know, just one simple thing like that can really transform people's lives. And it's also captured how many hours the women is being saved by this bag and yeah. what women have um, told him they've done instead and how much income they've gained because they're not cooking. No, I think I think that's brilliant. I really do. As yeah. you said, you know, it's obviously it's not just um saving the environment, it, it it's saving them and it's giving them a quality of life that they've just really not had before. And also because you know the cooking pots that they were using were causing a lot of health damage as well. Yes, yes. Their eyes, yes. Mm. Yes. Um, um, some of the, yes, um, their eyes and their chest. And one of the women, I can't remember, Ken was telling me that you've given me back my eyesight because I don't have to sit in front of smoke. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anymore. Doesn't that make you think, Nayasha? Yeah. Oh, yes. Aren't we lucky? You yes. Know, we just go and, and turn the oven on <laughs> and that's it. And, yeah. And I know his um, ambition is to make these 2.5 billion bags for all these households of people living without uh, uh, cooking on an open fire. Yeah. And... Um, Red, there's lots of people like Red Cross who want them, but they don't have uh, any money to uh, to make more. Oh. And it's just you know, you know why I'm just wondering why can't Red Cross make them? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It's... In terms of funding or a corporation to just say I'll make a thousand mm. or million of this. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it is really a crazy world. That is something which is quite an easy um solution to a big problem um is not funded 
Uh, and that, all, all questions may about what people prioritize. You know, we've got really good. Um, our uh, what our priorities wrong, and someone was telling me was it today that you know the the Christmas coming up we're gonna spend so many billions pounds just to deal with this Christmas event. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with we, you. We could, we, could, we could just ban Christmas and make some. <laughs> So we could just make cooking pots. Oh, I'm trying to find our excuses <laughs> to buy Christmas in my house. I'll have one. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's just crazy. We just got our priorities so mixed up, really. We have. Yeah. It, mm. It's become a really commercial thing, Christmas. Yeah. Um, it yes. shouldn't be, yeah. you know, it's yeah. about spending time with loved ones. Yes. Yes. Um, and the pressure on families. It's just I can just see palpitating, building up. Yeah, you've got to have that right trainer, the right label, the right phone, the right. You know what I mean? It's just and oh. uh, with all the cost of living and something, families really struggle to fulfill these children's expectation about the latest gadget. Oh no, uh, they need and it's just it's just so sad. It is very sad indeed. Yeah. It is, yeah. you know, yeah. could, it should just, really, really yeah. be more about just spending time. You know, yeah. that's what I love about Christmas anyway, the fact that you can just spend time with, you know, people that you love and mm. yeah. um, just take the time, actually take the just time. Just take the time. Yeah, yes. and, you know, just have just, some nice food. And, and yeah. Have some nice food and have a good laugh. <laughs> and um, watch... For the 50th oh. time, Gavin and Stacey's Christmas special. Why not? Because normally, you know, life just it just takes over, isn't it? You don't have time to do things like no, that. Normally. You don't have so, time to do things like that. I don't, well, I know you're the same as me. I, I hardly, very rarely sit down and watch TV programme. Yes, it's too long. Yeah, it's too, it's too long. I've got too much going on. Like, if I can't remember the last time I watched a film or no. on, on the television. Was it just too long? I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I did, I did watch a film quite recently, but it's a very rare occasion. Yes. I just yeah. think, you know, if, you know, um, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> some exciting things um, going on with Thames Valley um the great british expos have, well if you are in the thames valley the great british expos have opened the nominations for the business and community awards oh so no this is fantastic and okay. um uh i know <laughs> a few years ago we got both we got two of them were really greedy we felt really greedy to have two awards in the same place <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard of it and I know Alex and um, Cherishes, they've just they've just come back and they won two awards. Uh, they were nominated for the silver and, and bronze. bronze. Yes. Yeah. In New York. Among, yeah. Among, you know, the big corporates like uh, Google and Amazon, they won uh, against such, such a small, small social enterprise. To okay. It's just unbelievable. Well, that's and, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, yes. So if you're listening to this, if you, uh, I think you should nominate the, the best employee or your best community championship, there's still time, uh, closing date, the 31st of December. Well, yeah. I think they will do the awards, isn't it normally in March or something? Yes. And uh, last year I was one of the judges of these awards. Mm. It was such a privilege. It was oh, really yes. quite difficult to make a choice which one to go for because everyone is worthy of an award. <laughs> I think good. Alex should have a, an award for everybody who nominates themselves <laughs> or not get nominated. <laughs> yes, it was really quite difficult to make a choice. Yeah, I can imagine. People are doing such fantastic work in the community. Oh, no, yeah. they do. They do, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and talking of, of work in the Thames Valley community, we've got our very own Varna Trust Christmas Fair. I know. 
No, this is really so exciting. We're going to have Santa face painting by our very own Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. looking forward to that. And Sharon is going <laughs> to be... I didn't have you down there to be a face painter. Yes, I still can't find my Christmas, uh, whatever, jumper. Oh, well, you have to find it. I don't know. I think I've got it for too many years. I think I... Yeah, I put it in. Maybe I've put it in a cherry bag. I'm going. I might have to get one. Yeah. Anyway, so that's on from eleven to three p.m. or this coming Sunday, the tenth of December, at Luggershaw Village Hall, on the Ox Bucks border. Yeah. Um. So you know there'll also be tours to the farm. Um, yeah, so. You know, you can come and see our farm, which is a beautiful, small, mixed farm on the, on the border, as I said, and with the chickens and the sheep and the goats mm. <laughs> and pigs. And then, you know, there'll be, um, there's, you know, there's there's lots there because obviously we have people, um, well, for those of you who don't know, with learning disabilities, autism and mental health issues, from the age of 14 years old who come up and work on the farm yes. don't they That's fantastic lovely space yeah for um people to come they f they find their little sanctuary and develop and get confidence uh to go back and contribute in the, in the society it's a fantastic place it's beautiful farm it is Nyasha. Yes. so yeah. yeah well well chosen there so yeah. um, definitely and then on the same day um in the evening time is the electric eels christmas party which is at dawny lake um and electric eels is a family orientated club specifically for children over eight and adults with down syndrome um oh. so it's a, a swimmers club really so that they can strengthen their core and improve um coordination aspects. kind of thing yes yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah so that's that's dominic trotman um so dom has invited me he's he's one of our up-and-coming impactful billionaires yes so is it a swimming pool no it's <laughs> actually um <laughs> where is he gonna be Dorney lake so I suppose it's like a training centre, isn't it, Dorney Lake? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I haven't been for ages. Yes, yeah. Yes. It'd be fun. Yes. Um, one of our other impactful billionaires, Tamsin, will be there as well. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Be fun. So, um, and then, you know, staying, we seem to be across the Thames Valley with news. This There's lovely week. things going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, Connect Reading, um, our very own Lorraine Briffitt, who is also um, an up-and-coming impactful billionaire. She is the CEO of Connect Reading, the local charity that brings the Giving Tree to Greater Reading each year. So this Christmas, they're working with 17 local charities and the Royal Berkshire Hospital to provide over 1,200 gifts to local people in need. Wow. So, yeah, they do it every year. Right. Are they connected to what um, Caroline Billington did? Is it the same? No, no. no. Community no. Christmas was it's about isolation. Isolation and the elderly. This yeah. is um, specifically really in the Reading area, Connect Reading. Mm -hmm. um, and they do the giving tree. So you get a load of tags if you say, I did it with um, Savills last year. Okay. Um, and uh, basically everybody chooses a chag and it's got a child on it and a toy that they would like is on their wish list. Oh, right. So uh, you do that. So they do it in several locations across Reading, um, Connect Reading. And then um, apparently this year, any donations before the 15th of December, um, you need to include your email address and they are automatically entered into their giveaway. So that's connecting oh, okay. forward slash the giving tree. Um, and then you could win a one night stay in a premier suite, Reading apartment, plus a bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> your arrival. I think I think I think I'll have to donate my yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Absolutely. Oh, this is really lovely. 
yeah yeah everyone goodness and we've nearly come to the end of the show um but obviously we can't leave this out because we're really looking forward to 2024 because we're going to have our very first international inaugural mm. international women's day event yes for billionaires yes and we've got the help of um alex and his british uh British exposal because he's an expert on doing this wonderful. Uh, he's done International Women's Day uh, and um, of getting um, really interesting people together. So we're really, really grateful for his help. We are very um, grateful for his yeah. help. And we yeah. should have about 100 to 150 female entrepreneurs in the house. So we'll be having yeah. workshops and helping with personal branding and development and social media workshops mm -hmm. and um we're going to have some headshots and profile headshots done as well yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. um and a nice three course buffet lunch i have to say i really do like it at highfield park the view is amazing oh it's beautiful it's just really nice it's in, yeah. it's in the park isn't it yes surrounded yeah, yeah. by green yes i've been there that's where we did our judging Ah, yeah. right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, there you go. So, yeah. um, so yes, that that brings us to the end of the news show. So it, it's a goodbye from me. Yeah, definitely goodbye from me. And um, uh, really, such a pleasure. I love this news. Yeah. <laughs> so I really quite like it because I also get to know a bit more what's going on. So, uh, yeah. And we've as usual, some... we're, always, we're always looking to hear your stories. We are, definitely. And um, so, you know, if you'd like um, to send us your stories, you should send them through on impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. So coming up, Nyasha chats to um, our very own inspirational John Gower, who is the founder of the Omni Local Networking Group who yeah. sets out to make an impact in other people's lives. Hello and welcome. My next guest is John Gower. He's the founder and director of networking organization, OMI Local Business Networking. John founded his networking forum over seven years ago, and he's created a full program of networking training and speed networking sessions to help impact small businesses. He shares why it is important to empower the people around you. You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with the UK's top award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayash Kratitsa. Why not be part of the club Transforming Lives and join us on Patreon? If you would like to get in touch, email impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com this is a for the now media production so i did something similar to this last week i think thursday or something yes. and i got all worked up and it was and i've got brushed my hair i put my background this will come up in the in the sort of the leading to it when we're advertising uh, telling people about you some of these features will come up okay so, yeah it's just uh, yes so yeah, this well, this in, this interview I did last week, I set the home studio up, got all the lighting and everything else, uh, and he said, "No, it's for a radio show." <laughs> and I use oh, the sound. I'm perfect because I've got a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's just perfect. That's just perfect. Anyway, where are you based? I, I actually live in Aldershot, but my business is spread across the southeast of of England. So, um, uh -huh. before the pandemic, I would say that we were probably a massive footprint from Essex all the way through to almost Swindon, but um, up to Milton wow. Keynes and all of that. And we were looking at getting Scotland off it, off the ground, but it just didn't work out. The pandemic, yeah. everything changed for everybody. I think. Yeah. So I always start really about what are you doing at the moment? What are you focusing so on? So I run, I run, I used to run a, a company called um, Omni Local, Omni Local yeah. Business Networking. Oh, and it was all about getting as many people as we possibly could into the room 
Um, and back then, let's say four or five years ago, there wasn't really much competition in the networking space. So, um, they're, they're, networking exists, so it's really business networking. Um, but since the pandemic's changed, what we've done is we've switched our concentration and efforts into business development rather than business networking. Um, because networking happens anyway, but if we network and focus on business and mm. growing our businesses and helping each other out as much as possible, then everybody wins. Wow. So we're now, we're now like the only business development network. So so you do you go in as consultants as a business consultant to help people develop their business no 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 i facilitate the business um we have several people in the teams that run each meeting that we run so we run about i would say about 30 events a month oh my uh, God, that's one a day it, well it averages out one a day but we meet every fortnight but about uh, before the pandemic yeah i was running around about 130 meetings a month my uh, goodness, that's a huge. Yeah, and we had we had on average about twenty to thirty people in every single meeting, so you know um, it was quite an established, busy, busy beat, a busy, busy um, business. But um, you know, with with fifty groups and that sort of volume, it was manic. So I've stripped everything out, and we now have around fifteen groups looking to grow. Um, certainly, put the foundations in before Christmas, and then grow rapidly in January. Oh, right, you're going to really start it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Especially post-COVID, there's a lot of need for uh, support, isn't it, for people? Yeah. I mean, we... I've been really affected by COVID. Yeah, I know. I've been quite open and honest with people that have asked me. I've struggled personally on my own personal mental health and and other issues. Um, And it's down to the, the business not getting out there um, and, and since I've done that other people have come to me and said I'm actually glad you've spoken out because I've had that issue too they yeah. obviously don't broadcasting but mm. you know I'm mm. talking you know grown men you know yeah. admitting that they've had issues as well as some of the ladies have said you know yeah. I've had this oh. issue but um, yeah. the networking has been a, a godsend especially some stuff over zoom you yeah. know some people that are hesitant but if it what I often get the comment, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to brag on this, but I do get on an almost weekly basis people saying if it wasn't for Omni, they wouldn't have a business. Wow. And that's a big pride thing for me because that's, yeah, that's a huge impact on making people on, on a personal level. It's just amazing that that's I get that. Yes. Oh, that's just really, really fantastic to uh, yeah, people. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, some business that, you know, it's a global problem have not come back yeah they've shut shop yeah um, and but i am starting mm-hmm. to see a little bit more investment in terms of people putting more time on their business now rather than being in their business okay. um, because you know i'd be lost if i didn't have a business i've got to be honest with you and it's been struggled i've struggled really have mm. struggled financially yeah. all sorts yeah. of things you know dipped yeah. into yes. personal savings and credit cards and that whole all, world of yeah. world of money um, yes. but, Yes. I have to carry on. I've got yes. responsibility for yes. so many other people yes. that I feel personally, you know, that I, I need to um, help as many people as I can. And the, one of the phrases that, uh, that everybody knows me for is I hate the expression when someone says, oh, it's only business, it's not personal. Oh, I really no. don't like that because it's the next thing, coming is, <laughs> next thing that's coming is something you're not going to like. But <laughs> I always say business is personal. You yeah, know? It's it so is because it's got your footprint all over it. Well, yeah, and it's, it's like it's your personality, it's your business. You know, if your business doesn't yeah. do well, you'll you'll yeah. you pay your mortgage, the cost yeah. of the crisis, and all that. You struggle, yeah. so you can't say yeah. it's not it's not business. Yeah. It really no, is. God, if you didn't put your personality in there, there won't be no business. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. Um, also, you know, this uh, people always talking about um, myself. I struggle with it. The, you know, this work life balance. And yeah. I've always said my business is my life. So how do, how do I balance it? I really yeah, well, you need to go and get an office or go into I, I think if, and... if you got a, I mean, if you're an employee, um, then you can have that work-life balance, not taking work home. Yeah. But if you're a business owner and a founder, really, it's it's 24-7. It, it is. And, and, In your and... mind, even if you're not, even, even if you're not on holiday, I, 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 I draw a line on the holiday part <laughs> I do I do try and get away as much as I can and I yeah. tend to do things on Sundays but I'm often 
tip tapping away at the keyboard or answering something yeah, on LinkedIn somebody's or, call, yeah. yeah you know and um you know but yeah. that's what you're buying into if you think that yeah. you can set up a business in, and, and run yes. it for 20 hours yeah. a week you're, yes. you're not in the right place if not tell me what you're doing because i'll do it as well yes we like the trick um, yeah. i remember a long time ago someone phoned me up and said oh i'm really stressed with my job they had a day job and they want to set up a business, you know, really set up a business. And I said, I think it's better for you to start to stay at your job because starting a business, it's huge. It's all, yeah. never mind running it. Yeah. And uh, she went away and she thought about it. So good, I never thought about it. Um, yeah, people don't. It's a huge responsibility. No, they don't. They don't understand. Like some people leave corporate companies and they realise all of a sudden they haven't got a HR department. They haven't got a printer. They, they can't call on anybody to do anything. They've got to do it themselves. And that's You've what you're buying into. You've got to do the whole thing yourself, especially at the beginning. When you don't have money to employ somebody, you've got to do it all. Absolutely. I mean, if, if I was speaking to that girl, I would say start something small. You know, yes. a couple of hours a week and see how you find. Because if it's if you invest all of your resources, yes. income, you know wages the whole lot into something that doesn't work it's it's heartbreaking yeah you know, i'd always suggest doing something just a little bit on the side but if this if this business fails i'm going to become a, a, a global speaker at corporate level and telling people to stop leaving corporate companies because they've got no idea how hard it is when you go out and run business <laughs> that's a fantastic uh, crusade campaign I'll, I'll join you on that campaign yeah, I just, I just you work 29 hours, there are people have hours a no day, idea. 11 days I mean, a week. It's so, it's so sad, really, but uh, we're not trying to put them off, but they really don't have an idea. They really need a lot of support. And yeah. that's why nowadays it's good, they've coaches, they've mentors. So you've got that level of support. So, yeah. I mean, going back to your uh, childhood and uh, your background, why do you think you do what you do today? Did you have a aha moment? What happened? No, no. Um, my mum and dad, my dad was in the army, so we travelled around quite a lot, and that mm -hmm. divorce broke apart, um, and we were living in a very, very rough council estate in Coventry. And oh, Coventry. I just decided that at a very young age that I don't want to live here anymore. The only way I'm going to get out of it is because I've got, beyond my mother's family, we've got nothing, no inheritance coming our way. It was, you know, we were like proper down and out in a council house and um you know we had a broken windows in the bedrooms for three or four months because we could afford to get them fixed so the, the council were come, were they always coming you were on your waiting list to come and repair it absolutely and so i decided i didn't want to be poor anymore and the only way i could do it is go out and work um and at the age of 14 i had my first business um 14 well i say a business it was more it was an opportunity it wasn't really a business business you know people say about a business you know mm. it, it, you're not you're just self-employed you don't run a business you, you're self-employed mm. um and there's a big difference between self-employed and running and owning a business well, yeah, although the although the differences can be blurred the lines between being self-employed and running a business can be blurred mm -hmm. really i was self-employed and but that i learned a very valuable lesson for that first business because me and my friend We'd go around our council estate and find out all the burnt out mopeds, mm -hmm. marry all the pieces up mm -hmm. so that we could have at the end result either one or two working mopeds. Okay. And we would then sell them on, wow. um, which which taught us to be resourceful, uh, boys on the lookout, be, yeah. you, know, you know, put our hands to things that we didn't know. We wouldn't know how to fix a, a motorbike engine, but we, we made it up as we went along, right? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, until we got a knock on the door by the police. Yes. Because we were completely oblivious yes. that these bikes might be stolen. <laughs> oh, they'd be actual, might have been stolen in the first place. Okay. So, so we, um, we, but the police were quite reasonable about it all. You know, they said they could see the entrepreneurial thing in us, but they said that it's naughty because they're stolen, um, and it could have got a lot of other people in in trouble because they were buying stolen goods from us oh. so do you see what i mean so it got a lot of it could have got a lot of people in a lot of trouble oh, it could have got so young. out of hand uh, yeah we were so young and i was quite cheeky they kind of let us off but you know so then i went around cleaning windows and cars um just to to get get going and mm. you know from there i've had several businesses um and been involved in a lot of other different things as well but that was my first thing so the lesson i learned from that was make sure what we're doing is correct yeah <laughs> 
and, and, and you know, just do a bit of due diligence on yeah, what you're trying to achieve. Trouble, yeah. But we thought, wow. because there were so many burnt-out bikes, we had unlimited supply of these, oh. of these, of these materials that we could have could have done. Yes. Yeah. And but, also recycling for the environment. How good for you. To... Well, that was back in the 80s. You <laughs> didn't so that was know great. you were doing recycling. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that, no. But that's, <laughs> you know, it was like, well, they're sitting on the side of the road making a mess in our council estate. Why don't we go put them together yeah. and fix them up? Put them together and make yeah. stuff. Yes. Oh, that is really quite an interesting story. And but then, was a long then time ago. you've never looked back. Absolutely. Well, I have, but, you know, I, going through this, I mean, you know, you speak to people and, you know, I've, I've like I said, struggled because um, I don't have any family. I've not spoken to my mum since I was about 15, 14, 15, my father the same. Um so looking back, um, I was always going to be on my own. I was always going to be doing something. Um, yeah. and, I, and, and I've just picked up lessons as I've gone along. But yeah. there is, a, there is when, when someone said, I actually spoke to someone that's a bit of a mindset coach. One of the things that came out as a result of our conversation was, are you trying to run away? You know, yeah. are you setting a business out of fear and running away from your circumstances instead of embracing that? Yeah. So it's a different mindset. And, and I thought at the time, I didn't really take a lot of that sort of thing on board, but as yeah. you get older, you do, you know, you yeah. reflect on what we'll people reflect say. On things, yeah. Yeah. So yes, it was, um, you know, I always say it was uh, born out of anger and now, now driven on responsibility of, of others. Um, and yeah. that's where I'm at today. And I accept that, you know, that's, that's something I've um, come but, to live uh, in your mind. Did you talk about entrepreneurs that it, um, you, you've got to have that anger and that fear and, you know, um, that hunger that they're yeah. going back. No, and I recently like lost when my you walk way. away from your job, for example, when you're sitting at 14, 15, there was no going back. You were quite clear that you did yeah. not want to be living in this country estate. So there wasn't, a, you know, some people have got the backup. <laughs> there were, for you, there was, it was fear, anger, and hunger. Yeah, and 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 that was, that was quite true up until the pandemic, and that all kind of changed. I was like, I was, I was somebody that would feel more than comfortable going into a room and kicking all the chairs and tables over and saying, "Right, I'm here." Yes. I lost my way on that, yeah. and I'm grateful that I had a business that could sustain the fact that I wasn't a hundred percent, and still survive. And that's yeah. really that's something that I will be putting together on some kind of educational slot. And, and speak yeah. about going through is making sure that you've got the fundamental things in your business yeah. and have the right people to support you around you yeah. mm. you know um, and it's no shame in saying I can't do this alone there's yes. no shame at all yes. because you'll be surprised how many people say me too yes well, why don't I we get together it. and help each other you know yeah. and that's fundamentally yeah. what I do with my networking business it's it's oh. it's all and everything for me